This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com, over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and new celebrity has endorsed any aspect of this show. Hey everyone, welcome out to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm uh, Nick Nitro. I'm John. I'm Nate. And... <laughs> <laughs> what, and welcome, up? what up? And welcome out to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, what? recorded the week of May 17th, episode, I think, 143... 2011. I think. Yeah, let's go with 143. If not, you know, and yes, 2011. I can check the app. Yeah, would it say on the app? Yeah, the Oops, app. That's not it. Yeah, oh yeah, good point. Our app, yeah, it's iTunes. 143 because 142 was the password is Susan. Password is Susan. Yes. So, uh, how was your week? How was your guys' weeks, man? My week was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. You guys do anything new with baby stuff or whatever? Or? Mm. Man is doing good. Man is doing, doing good. well. Yeah. No, she's just doing good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually 18, 18 weeks this past month. Eighteen weeks. Oh yeah. Yep. Nice. Find, uh, out, find out in two weeks what it is. It's a baby. It is a baby. It's a human baby, it but could, also... It could be a litter. Could be a litter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. By that, I mean twins or triplets. Don't just assume I mean dogs or cats. Oh, my God. That's just rude. That's <laughs> rude. Poor man's probably stressing your hurting his feelings. <laughs> but, yeah, so how was your week, man? Not really good. Okay, yeah, what's wrong with you? You're, like, having problems tonight. What's going on? Long story short, I have no idea. It, my dad thinks it could be... I mean, it honestly really is a long story, and it it would take way too long. We to figured explain. out... I mean, you said yourself you I, think you know what it is. I think I know, but that's one of, like, four or five things. Well, long story short... Too late. I just have a shortness of breath, slight dizziness... It's just because um, I think tingling, you're working out too hard. Uh, tingling or my too fingers... Much. And my feet. Is it only like affecting one arm? You, you, need, to your body, you need to give your body time to recover. And your nice stomach. Well, I know just, you work just a lot of different. I know you work out things. a lot, but are you working out? Uh, how many day, do you work out every day? I was, but you're not now. I this is my I've done one thing in four days. You still? I just you know it was only for sixteen. I just, I just did the ab workout today. Just I, I just think you your body is was just overexerted. That's all. I mean, that, that could be, but you want to be worried if it's only one arm that's being you tingly. Because it could be, it could lead to a heart attack. Yeah. Are you eating enough? I think it may have something to do with the recovery drink and my my lack of eating before and after. Yeah. That yeah. That, you definitely that, need to make sure you eat afterwards. Matter of fact, you should be eating like eight times a day. Right. Six times. Okay. 
But other than that, let's move on. <laughs> How was your week? It was good. Uh, I joined uh, Relay for Life for Amy's Angels, which... Um, Excellent. Yes, yes. And I loved that. She was always tenacious when she came into Todd's. I always made sure, like, I when she gave me a flyer, I always made sure I gave it to my dad. you like to donate, check out my Twitter feed at GoodBadGeeky, and uh, we'll have links on the site, all that stuff. Um, but it's for a good cause. My goal this year is to get $2,000, which totally outside my means, but uh, I, I hope you guys could help. So, uh, yes, you listeners out there, $2,000, help us reach the goal. I'd dye my hair blue if you reach 2000 Screw blonde. You heard it. He- wow. I heard you it. Heard, you heard it. It's right here. I'm not editing do, that out. I used to do it all the time. I will dye my hair blonde, and John said he would grow his beard out back again. Yeah. Take it one for the t- he'll grow. He'll grow facial hair. Well, we have a busy show, so we're not going to do mailbag or words and fun facts like we normally do. Damn it. That's my I, I know. Isn't it awesome? I, I love that. Awesome. I love that. That's a great. I love hey, that. Everybody, it's pizza. I changed it to pizza time. Pizza time. Bum bum. <laughs> but uh, we have Mike Royce on the show later in the episode. He's the co-creator of Men of a Certain Age. That was a great interview. That was. That I was. liked it. It was a lot of fun. But we saw Thor as part of the uh, Oscar bet. Where we all bet on the Oscars, and whoever had the most uh, wins of the Academy Awards chose what movie we saw. And I even said, if we if it's a big summer movie, I'll go pay extra and do IMAX. John won. We chose Thor, or John chose Thor, and we saw yeah. Thor at midnight. Why don't I go last? Okay, so John well, I'll go first. Okay, <laughs> right off the bat, like I didn't want to see the movie in the first place. Yeah, I'll so... be honest; it did not look that amazing, and. Whenever I think a movie, everything happens the way I think it does, because I just am amazing. First off, in no way can you have, biologically, an American mom, a British dad, and then have an Australian child. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know much about... You're trying to read your iPad, and he just keeps flipping on you no, every single know. time. Uh, okay. I don't really understand Greek mythology, because instead of sitting at home reading books all day, I used to go outside and play sports and live. Right. And other things. So I don't know all about mythology and all that stuff to even know if it matters where a god comes from. But... A, I'm pretty a, a vagina, certain. Probably. I'm pretty certain if they are birthed. Well, I know that Hercules didn't come out of a vagina. Wasn't he in the leg of someone? Because she, if it was in the if Hercules was born out of the womb, he no, he was her. born. He was human born. Mm-hmm. No, he somebody was born at. It was grown in a thigh. See, this is what I'm saying. I okay. don't even know, but I remember that some some baby that. was in a thigh or something. Anyway, okay. Yeah, keep going. If that I'm sorry. Isn't being wrong, I have no idea. It's but okay. I, I remember it wasn't. No, the you admitted you have no idea if it's wrong or not. But that's what I'm saying. This is what's but bothering you. It so just about- doesn't make sense to have everybody sounding completely different because everyone else almost sounded the same, except for the, well, the big Scottish guy, kind big curly red haired guy. Do you like to eat Scottish. food? But nobody in the Thor family. I don't even know what their last name is. Thor Smith. Nobody in the, in the Smith family sounded the same, and it's just really <laughs> the Smith family. I couldn't, I'm sorry. I couldn't awesome. get past it. A, uh, B. It was just weird to say to see Renee. Dionysus was born out of Zeus's leg. Somebody was born out of a leg. Yeah, but out not Hercules. But not yeah. Zeus is a man. No, I get. I just I thought birth always came from women instead of except for seahorses. I don't know. Well, you know, man was created from you what know a rib. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so anyway, 
That's what I didn't like about just the beginning. Uh, I didn't really... We haven't grazed the surface, people. Okay. Uh, I didn't really... It kept getting worse toward the end. Like, his four, three or four friends come down to Earth. Okay. So you're angry. Well, go, go. I just... It's just, it the kept guys... getting worse toward the end. Like, oh, she got her, you know, notes back that she worked hard for that, you know, the CIA was supposed to take. It just so happened that this guy's so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then all these guys just walking down the street. And then nobody, it, it really doesn't seem to bother that many people. And then this giant... It did bother people. They were looking and staring at yeah, him. Yeah, they didn't know what the hell was going on. They, and the one guy even reported them to S.H.I.E.L.D. to point it out. The only problem is... You know, the big f***ing destroyer thing arrived, and that was obviously a more of a problem. What do you mean they didn't care about it? I would assume... It... <coughs> I just didn't like... I would assume all the people running in the opposite direction meant that... Do you want, like, care. a Godzilla movie? Like, when the three big guys show up? They look like... Seriously, they look like they were from a Renaissance Fair. That was the joke <laughs> that the one guy I made. It just didn't seem that funny. And then, like... Oh, he gets beaten by... I don't by... think it was going for comic relief, though. I don't think... I mean, it was sort of humorous, but it's like, well, yeah. no. It's pointing out the obvious, which is they look like they're in Renaissance Fair. They're walking down the middle of the street. The stuff with Thor was actually funny because he's the lead character you're rooting for, but you're going, Jesus, he's an idiot. He just walks down the fucking middle of the street. These three are doing the same thing, but you've already seen that. It's, so it's a, it's a retread. So it's more the fact of why are people not doing anything against him? Against those three, and they looked at him. The little little kid was like staring at them, and the mom pulled him away. And it's like, do you think we should report this? What was it, the Renaissance Fair in town? Well, we'll report it anyway. Yeah. And then that's when the destroyer showed up. Okay. No, 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 and no, then... Nate. If you if you feel that this is wrong, go for it, buddy. No, I don't really want to waste much breath. <laughs> but <laughs> the fact that like he should be dead. And making me happy because then the movie could end faster. She's like, "Oh my god, I love you!" And then she never said that. Then yeah, she never said that. Well, then she cried. Well, and well, yeah, her hot stud muffin guy died. And then all she of a sudden, like, oh, love by the him. way, you know, Zeus does something. Odin, Odin, Odin. What the hell ever? <laughs> Odin. He only he only says like fifteen lines in the movie. So? So what? He's a major character. I can't remember his name. Takes a while. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he gets his power back, and everything's just hunky-dory. And then toward the end, I couldn't figure out, okay, why is the bridge gone? Why did Thor destroyed it. Yeah, Thor destroyed it. No shit. Why did he have to destroy the bridge? Because he couldn't get through to the machine. What machine? The machine that was going off. The machine he was trying to... That was the whole thing. I By the way, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the movie, but it's like one of the most, it's number one movie in America still, even after Bridesmaids came out. Yeah. Which, that's a funny movie. I wanted to see that. It's a funny movie. Is it? Yes. But uh, the whole thing is that Thor, this is true, as my dad's told me, Thor, no one can pick up the hammer but Thor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, unless, well, in this case, where he's dishonored himself and he needs to earn it back. That's why when Thor puts the hammer down, Thor could probably wing himself through and to the hammer but it was going so fast he probably wouldn't get that far matter of fact he had problems walking towards it matter of fact Loki was making fun of him for oh the mighty Thor see how far he gets with his hammer Mm -hmm. so Thor goes back picks up the hammer realizes he can't throw him or the hammer at it it won't stop it so what's the only thing you can do destroy the bridge which is holding it and it'll collapse and destroy itself and save everybody How, how in the world did Loki live 
Because he's Loki, he's the god of mischief. We didn't see him fall. Maybe. Now, this to me, I thought was the interesting twist about that. Because I saw it twice. I, I got passes to it unexpectedly, like, the day mm-hmm. before the, 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 the screening. So I went and saw it. And when I first saw that, I was like, okay. But the second time I was watching it, for those who don't know, the end of the movie, there's another clip that ties to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the professor, the guy from Goodwill Hunting, he goes down and meets with uh, Nick Fury, and they show him the Cosmic Cube, or what will be the Cosmic Cube. And you realize that Loki, who we thought died in a wormhole, fell by falling into a hole, a black hole or whatever... Is he either he either is the professor or he's controlling him? My thought is is that it's a bit of both. He at one point switched him out mm-hmm. because remember after he gets Thor and all that, they're in the library looking stuff up to how to help Thor get out, and he seems almost mockful of the entry of Thor. So I think there was a switch made at some point, and so Loki's been on Earth because why did Loki appear in a <laughs> dress suit? Why not appear? Because no I one else can see him. After a while. I like the music. No one, no one could see him at that point. Why did? Th- that's what I'm saying. Like the second time I saw, it, I was like, I think some. This is that's a good twist, mm-hmm. man. But Dad was like, well, Loki always took over other people. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think that's a. Uh, it could go both ways. That's why I thought it was pretty cool. But, I mean, that's what was up with that. And Loki could have fooled Thor and his dad that showing that he fell. Because remember. He created 10, 20 different versions of himself. He could put another version of him acting like it's falling and actually make himself invisible. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. He's the bad guy of the event, one of the bad guys of the Avengers. So we'll find out what really happened. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's sort of the part of all some of these anyway, is that Thor is one of the guys in the Avengers. Which is the bigger superhero movie. Along with Iron Man and da-da-da, which I, I liked some of the other cameos in that too, which was pretty neat is this one of starks i don't know nobody tells me anything (laughs) but but nathan yes what else did you not like about it sir Mm, that was it that was it okay john it just didn't hit me like the other like i don't mind the superhero movies it just uh, this is my least absolute least favorite out of any superhero movie i've ever seen and i'm basing even spider-man 3 even spider-man 3 wow wow okay but I liked the the music. See, I, the I, graphics were really good. Sorry, I I don't know. Everybody says they don't like Spider Man three very much, but I I mean I I like Spider Man. I like the first half of the movie. I like. And I like I'm the a final. big fan of superhero movies anyway. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're good or not, <laughs> right? I just like superhero movies. Okay, well no, um, I, I do too to an extent. Yeah, actually, since we've watched, since I watched Thor, mm-hmm. I've kind of been on a superhero movie kick. Have you really? I what, was downloading some. And what movies have you been watching? Um, I watched X Men the other day. I love X Men. X Men's um, good. I watched Except Kick, for I watched Kickass on Netflix. I Isn't that a good movie? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I like Kickass. Kickass was really good. Um, <laughs> Nathan didn't like that movie I either. Kick-Ass. We watched um, it and you hated it. Wait. You said that was the worst movie you had ever seen. Wait, is really? that the one with the little foul mouth girl, girl hit girl, and... Nick Cage? Oh yeah. Never you didn't like that movie, man. What the hell is that? Well, you gotta give it to Nathan. He did watch it and he did not yeah. complain yeah. when we were watching. I know we give you a hard time for that, but you I didn't. Did... Like I thought it was funny that uh, Nicolas Cage talked like um, Adam West. <laughs> 
I know, wasn't that awesome? It's like, oh, by the way, if you need us, uh, just use the flashlight. It's the shape of a giant cock. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God, that's awesome. I didn't... Wolverine absolutely hated... Uh, well, no, that's Wolverine. a bad... Have you watched Wolverine? I haven't seen that yet, no. It's, it's not a good movie. If you can get, if you can I've watch been, it for I downloaded free. a lot of superhero movies. If you, you can watch it when for I say free. a lot, like a lot, a lot. But I have Spider Man Two, the director's cut here. You should watch that. I downloaded. Oh, you already downloaded it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You what? The Incredible Hulk. Which one? What's that? The new one. The Incredible. Don't watch the... Edward Norton. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I have it though. You have it though. Oh, that's, that's a good yeah. one. That is actually good. I have it though. I like that. It's a good movie. Basically, okay. Here's the, here's the thing. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> if you go on Wikipedia and you type in superhero movie, uh huh. Basically, oh. anything between Superman <laughs> and Thor that uh-huh. was released on DVD. Basically, Thor's not in DVD, so. Yeah, but you you have it. Yeah, I actually didn't know a lot Thor of movies, man. It's you know what it's not as many as I thought it would be. Okay. Okay. Um, but there's some like random ones in there that I didn't know were ever made. Like, there's you know there was a movie with Alec Baldwin called The Shadow. Oh, The Shadow, yeah. Yeah. That's based on an old radio play. It's yeah, a, there's like other stuff Daredevil in there. Daredevil with um, Ben Affleck. I, ben I Affleck. like Daredevil. I Have you seen, seen the director's cut? This might be the one. It might it's be one, one with Coolio I, in it. Okay, it might be the one that I actually don't like. Because the normal cut doesn't have Coolio in it. If okay. yeah, it, you watch them. I know that's weird to say. Watch a movie with Coolio in it, <laughs> but or maybe it's Snoop Dogg. It's one of the two. But like, it's really good. Like, because if you watch normal Daredevil, it's mm-hmm. you can tell it's like Jennifer Garner. She's really big in Alias. It's really her movie. Yeah. He, it, but we don't really get to her till later. Yeah, it, Daredevil. The director's cut is about Daredevil. That mm-hmm. whole weird love scene between them. It's not in it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, she's barely in it, except for at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, I I got it. I got in the kick of watching superhero movies, and then I, as I was downloading superhero stuff, yeah, yeah, I was looking at comic book movies too. Like they're not technically superheroes, like Dick Tracy. Oh, oh that's a good movie. Or, um, that's a fantastic movie. Um, oh, Flat Top. I like Mumbles. Doesn't like Hoffman. movies that are actually based on. Comic books, they're not necessarily. Um, did you ever see History of Violence? Yes, that's a good, that's good movie. That's a good movie. Um, you know, there's stuff in there like, oh. like 300 is it's kind of a graphic. Yeah, 300. Um, have you ever, there's a movie American Splendor. Seen it? Yeah. That's I mean it's a little dry, but it's it, mm-hmm. that's actually a pretty good movie too. But basically, I've been on the superhero movie. Game. That's awesome. But you like? I just put them on when I'm like doing stuff around the house. And, but you like Thor, though, right? Yeah, you mm-hmm. like Thor? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Oh, I, don't, yeah, I don't get into much of the, you know... The comic book stuff. Well, yeah, like, I never read comics when I was little or ever. <laughs> right. Um, I just really enjoyed doing the... Or, like, watching all of the, you know... When I grew up, in our house, we didn't have cable. Right. That's cool. We had... We had three VHS movies in the house. Okay, what were they? Cinderella... The Disney version or yeah, the, the, the Roger Hammerstein? Version. Okay. Disney version. And my sister watched all the time. Um, <laughs> the Sandlot. <laughs> Great yeah. movie. And Batman Forever. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> up next we have Mike Royce. And to set this up before we go to commercial break, that way we'll play, we'll do a few songs and then we'll go right into the, uh, into mm-hmm. the, the break. Hold on, before we, before we yes, do this, sorry. I got an idea. Yes. 
since we're talking about superhero movies. Yes, yes. And hopefully have a lot of people listening to this show. Yes. <clears throat> How about we get people to contact us by emailing us at goodbadgeeky.com, at gmail.com. Good idea. Or they can call our voicemail at 614-364-4088. Or is- they can go to our website, gbgpodcast.com, and you know get us through there. And email us or get a hold of us and tell us their favorite superhero movie. Or Twitter us. Or Twitter us. John Batine, John Batine Giant, Nate, Giant Nate, Good Bad Geeky. Yeah. Or they could buy the app and the phone numbers right there in case there they forget. Yeah. That's right. And if you have an iPhone or Android, there's an option for you to call mm-hmm. us right from there. Really and sweet. It really doesn't look that bad. If you download it for an iPad, it's still yeah. from the iPhone, but it still looks really great and it loads mm-hmm. well and it works really yeah. well. Yeah, and there's a slight pixelation in it, but it, yeah, as Nathan mm-hmm. said, it works fantastically well like it does for the iPhone and Android. But anyway, I think people should... Yes. I, I, I'm interested to hear about people, what people like. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and who you is know. your favorite superhero and why? There you go, yeah. There we go. I or like that. villain. I'm a villain guy. Yeah. I love a good villain. I yeah, love a good villain. Too. But uh, we interviewed Mike Royce. He's a really nice guy. He uh, co-created uh, A Men of a Certain Age and uh, with Ray Romano. And we got to, me and Nathan got to speak with him. Now, John, you had an emergency. You, you couldn't do it when we initially recorded it. But yeah, I kind of forgot. <laughs> I forgot that we were doing a, an interview that week. But well, then also you I got your confused. parents' yeah, anniversary. Yeah, my parents' anniversary. That's, that's cool. But uh, one of the things that uh, I, because I tried to get everything organized for us to do everything, and I wrote a little intro, and I have dyslexia. I've talked about this before, and you, haha, whatever. But it actually bit me in the ass in terms of I gave Nathan this giant chunk of text to read, right, and he read it, but. Really well. Really well, actually. But the problem was, he read ex- it exactly as I wrote it. And the comedian, Louis C.K., my dyslexic kicked in and called him C.K. Lewis. <laughs> and Nathan read it as it was, because yeah. he Go did... fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I felt bad. And usually in these situations, I would try to fix it in editing. And matter of fact, I added one little line in there, like, oh, I'm dyslexic, but... And Louis C.K., if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry my dyslexia caused Nathan problems. And it's not Nathan's fault. Uh-huh. It was actually my fault. And June 1st, Wednesday at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central, Men of a Certain Age. I cannot repeat that enough. So uh, check that out, and we'll be back uh, with Mike Royce right after this. Sparks in your mind, building frames 
for to trace your desires She learned to cook from sailors He learned to cry in an elephant circus She found a recipe for flying He's growing flowers to understand I am Almost everyone has been touched by cancer, either through their own personal battle or through someone they love. This year, the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast is helping Nick's team, Amy's Angels, raise money and awareness at this year's Relay for Life, which will be held in London, Ohio. Help us get the word out there. So, if you're on Facebook, just send a message to your friends. If you're on Twitter, tweet it. Basically, if you see a link, just share it. To donate on Nick's behalf, visit tinyurl.com gbgacs. Or, if you want more information, then please check out Nick's personal Relay for Life page at tinyurl.com gbgr4l. Help us help the American Cancer Society raise awareness and stop cancer. Every day, the American Cancer Society is helping us stay well by preventing cancer or finding it at its earliest, most treatable stages. The American Cancer Society assists families in finding the best resources to help their friend or loved one deal with a diagnosis and their journey to get well. 
The American Cancer Society is also rallying communities like ours through events like Relay for Life to fight back and find cures for this disease. We are participating in the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life because we want to make a meaningful difference in the fight against cancer. Please join my team, Amy's Angels, or make a donation to help the American Cancer Society create a world with less cancer and more birthdays. Together, we can help make sure that cancer never steals another year of anyone's life. Hey, you know what book I've not read in a while? What? Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. There's a few new ones I wouldn't mind having either. I'm busy a lot of the time, too. Yeah, that's why I listen to audiobooks on my iPod Touch. It uh, helps me stay in touch with the books I want to read and allow me to, you know, fit in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of one of my favorite books. Catch me if you can. Hey, do they have a Horton Here's a Who? Let me check. Yes, they do. So if you'd like to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. What's that again for the free audiobook? Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky for your free audiobook.
And we're back. Before the break, we heard Flowering Spade by Sean Hayes and Nothing to Fear by the Thumb Nims. And up next is, well, what's great about doing this podcast is that we get to talk to people who are behind our favorite TV shows, you know, movies and films, exactly like this individual. You might have seen his name as one of the guys behind C.K. Lewis's Lucky Lewis and the smash hit playing in syndication pretty much on every station known to man, Everybody Loves Raymond. And along with Ray Romano is the creator of TNT show Men of a Certain Age, which will return Wednesday, June 1st, uh, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. His name is Mike. Welcome welcome him out to our show. And uh, thanks again, Mike, for taking the time to do our podcast. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. I don't think anybody has ever called Louis C.K. Uh, C.K. Lewis before. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Uh, I will pass that on. To you. <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> Literally, he goes by he goes by Louis C.K. and he's uh, his last name is pronounced. It's spelled differently. It's than C.K. but it's pronounced C.K. Uh, okay, a name, and so he well, changed his name to the initials to avoid confusion, but obviously caused more confusion uh, for you guys. That's my fault. When I was uh, writing that, I was uh, talking about C.S. Lewis, the author, and I also add that with my dyslexia, and I think I just, uh, I just. That's okay. Oh, well, anyway, thanks again for doing this show, man. And um, one of the things I was uh, doing some research on, and I noticed that you were a warm-up comedian for, uh, for some TV shows. Yes. And, yes. and one of the things that was, again, I'm always fascinated about how everyone's sort of interconnected in Hollywood, whatever it be, film and TV. And, right. uh, yeah, we, uh, we spoke with Bill Lawrence a few weeks ago, and, of course, he did Spin City. Yes. Yeah, which... He was my, uh, my first, uh, you know, great benefactor in show business. Really? Uh, Bill. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, no, I know. I, no, I just, I just, again, I just find it fascinating. So I'm like, that, that's just really cool. So yeah, I, I, I did uh, Spin City. I actually, um, the first warm up shot I ever had, I was the warm up comic for the Maury Povich show. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Did <laughs> <laughs> it happen and, to be um, an episode about teenagers being pregnant? That's, you know, it was sort of before, <laughs> I think that's sort of his stock and trade now, but it was before. That took over, so he, had, he would have a lot of different topics. But honestly, I took over the job from uh, Mike Sweeney, who's the head writer of Conan. Oh, um, wow. And we, lived, we were also friends, and we lived around the corner from each other in Brooklyn way back when. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, that, was a very, so that was my first uh, warm-up job. It was a very interesting gig because I was kind of the only funny thing they would see on the show the whole time. Sometimes it was a very depressing, you know, or serious, I should say, topic. And it's sort of how I cut my teeth in the whole warm-up, uh, you know, thing. Uh, and then, yeah, a few years later, when they were doing Spin City, um, Bill hired me to uh, to be the warm-up comic for that. And then they actually put me on the show, which was really a not a not a good move on their part. <laughs> uh, if you ever get a chance to see it in syndication, uh, it's not the not not the active pinnacle. Uh, oh yeah, but well, I, I I think you'd be fine. But it was, it was you know they protected me. They gave me some good jokes, and I couldn't screw it up too badly. Oh. But uh, and then he hired me to write a script uh, for the show, which was my first. Uh, I had a writing job at MTV a few years before that, but it was my first network you know writing gig. Oh, okay. Now, how did you then get to Raymond, or you know, everybody loves Raymond, and of course Ray Ramon? I know you did stand up with him back in the day in New York, or right. Right. We knew each other from, uh, he actually got me into my first, uh, or one of my first clubs in New York. I mean, he, we worked together 
uh, Catch a Rising Star in Princeton uh, way, way, way long time ago. And uh, he was nice enough to introduce me to the people at the Comedy Cellar where he was a regular. And they uh, ended up, that ended up being sort of the club that I was, you know, that I frequented the most. And they were the nicest to me when I was starting out there. And uh, and then, you know, once he got the show, he sort of, you know, he, he moved here and moved to California. And I sort of, you know, we sort of lost touch, but not completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, in the third season of Raymond was going on tour and he hired me and, you know, a bunch of other people sort of open for him, rotate, you know, opening for him okay. uh, at these theaters. And uh, he was writing a book at the time and he, you know, hired me to just give him a few more like, you know, I don't know, you know, write, write some sort of filler stuff for the book. And he kind of liked what I was doing. So he ended up sort of having me do more and that ended up being a good working relationship. And that ended up leading to a job offer on the, on the show. And that was Everything in a Kite, right? The book? Everything in a Kite, yes. Number 12 on the New York Times bestseller list for one week. <laughs> that is correct. That's awesome, man. See, that, that's... <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely fun to see. It was like Christmas week, and, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't an overwhelming bestseller, but certainly people bought it, and it was fun, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now, in terms of... Uh, now, I read this somewhere on Twitter um, that, that Men of a Certain Age, because that's what the show that you're, where you're doing now with, with Ray... Um, was, had a really long development period. Is that true? Where like was shopped to diff- many different networks, including Showtime or HBO? Uh, yeah, not not uh, Showtime, but it was. Um, it started at HBO. It was a very long development, just it, it, for a number of reasons. Um, you know, we we started working on it in like the summer of '06. <laughs> Ray and I, because Ray was still sort of wondering what he was going to do next, mm-hmm. and um, I was waiting for Lucky Louie to be picked up or not. And we were just sort of kicking around ideas for movies and stuff. And, you know, as we do, we just started talking about what we were going, what we were, you know, what was happening in our lives. And basically what was happening in our lives was we were both uh, up at night wondering if, uh, you know, all this existential (laughs) questioning about our lives. Right. And um, we said, well, let's try to maybe we should write something about this. And we started writing, you know, and uh, these characters came out and it started feeling like a TV show more than a movie really mm-hmm. and so hbo sort of got wind of it and was interested and so they started you know developing it uh hiring it they hired uh us to develop it there mm-hmm. um it ended up not being something that they they uh you know they ended up passing on it there was sort of a whole change of guard as happens yeah you know? happens and but they were nice enough to say you know if you want to try to put it somewhere else well you know it's okay and we talked to tnt and then they you know were really interested in it but at the same time uh right when we started talking to them there was a writer strike so that delayed it you know another three four months basically okay and then once we started at tnt sort of the way the calendar worked made that we spent an entire year doing the pilot and then they basically picked it up and didn't put it on for another year (laughs) so it was like almost three years just getting the whole show Oh man! Well, yeah, because I, I mean, I do remember hearing about it a lot. Uh, and again, the writer's strike, I it, that threw so many things up in the air and just sort of messed things up for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, it, I mean, it was. I was, you know, out there marching every single day, and uh, it was a, a very good cause. And it's still sort oh, of. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues there that need to be uh, still resolved, but. Um, it also screwed up a lot of things for a lot of people, yes. No, yeah. I'm about ready to turn 30, and 
Holy what? shit. Can I say uh, shit? No, yeah, yeah. You can say fuck, shit, cunt, <laughs> ass, whatever you want to say. Fuck on the show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cock balls. <laughs> Cock balls, goddamn. Uh, but yeah, I'm about ready to turn 30 here in August, and uh, uh-huh. being that... <laughs> Thing. Yeah, Nathan's like a few years younger than me, so he's uh he he he's younger than I am. Yeah, you're younger than I am. Anyway, uh, I'm about ready to turn thirty in August, and uh, one of the things that I really relate to in the show is uh is I really relate to Owen. Uh, just yeah, just because I've not taken great shape of my, but I'm starting to now. But but yeah yeah but that and that's the thing is like I have I have to wear the mask and I do all that stuff and oh really okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, but I I relate to that whole situation in terms of, of that and then of course I relate to a little bit of everything else too because I'm single I serve I do have I do have fun like Terry has but then I have the same paranoia that Joe has you know <laughs> right, um, right. what's you know. When you reach, when you considered yourself that, to reach that certain age, what was one of the biggest things that occurred to you when, when you know, at that, you know, what occurred to you? What was your biggest fear in that regard? Like me, my, I just feel like you know, I can barely pick something up and I hurt my back, and that's right, just ridiculous. Right. I, you know, I had a similar issue when I was about thirty-five with my back, and uh, that wasn't uh, that, that didn't actually play into the show very much, but I just, I had sort of that feeling like, oh, am I, you know, going to be infirm for the rest of my life? Like, can I do anything ever again? Because I just, I had this terrible back problem that lasted a couple of years. I think it was from having, when we had kids, mm-hmm. uh, carrying them around all the time, and I was weak. <laughs> I was a terrible, terrible weakling. Um, and also, we moved about five times in five years, and I, of course, because I'm cheap, did a lot of the lifting. Oh yeah. Um, and the combination of those things. Uh, so I, you know, started. That was a big wake up call to say, hey, maybe I should get on the treadmill once in a while. <laughs> you fat fuck. I said to <laughs> um, not to you. I just said it to myself. Oh yeah, you're yeah. fine. You're fine. <laughs> but uh, ever since then, I swear it's it's a it's a weird thing because I really didn't start taking care of myself very well uh, as far, as far as working out goes until I was 35. From 35 on, and I'm 47 now. Mm-hmm. From 35 on, I you know got into it, and I'm probably in better shape now than I was ever when in my 20s. Except that I'm 47, so <laughs> so who cares? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, if I had uh, worked out a little more, and when in my twenties, I think I probably would have had uh, somewhat more success with the ladies. <laughs> no, well, yeah, that well, that's that's the other thing too. Is like you know, I, I'm getting to the point where, which is where I think Terry's sort of getting now, where I, I want to settle down and get to that next phase. But you know, if I have kids and all that, I want to make sure to be able to you know do all oh, that I, and you want yeah, to live. yeah, I want to live and not die of a heart attack trying to yeah. chase him around the yard. Well, I said, you know, Andre Brower, who, who came into the show, I mean, in the pilot, he was very brave to, uh, you know, he said, listen, we got to show that this guy is uh, not the guy he was when he was uh, 20 or 30. And he, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but he, he mm-hmm. wore tidy whities and that was it. And he's, you know, <laughs> yes. he's now almost 50 and he's a little heavier and stuff. And people made fun of him. Um, but he, you know, he's as an actor was like, I'm ready to shoot. Anyway, he went to the doctor after the first season and they said, Oh, you got to lose. <laughs> you are your, his blood pressure was way high. And oh, so he's a vegetarian now. Oh, um, wow. And has lost a ton of weight, which is really fucking us up when it comes to the writing oh. uh, of the fat jokes. Well, no. Yeah. Because that, that's sort of like sort of one of the main sources is not only is yes. he sort of a daddy's boy, he also has the, well, it's, it's, it's it, you know I, I, you just adapt and honestly it, it makes it's thematic for the show because 
these guys are all sort of trying to, you know, waking up to changes they need to make in their lives. But uh, we actually wrote something about it that's on one of the summer shows where Joe's like, hey, you're losing too much weight, I, you know. <laughs> This is all. This is all I got, material-wise. <laughs> he was a vegetarian on purpose. Yeah, he's a vegetarian. It, it is funny to see because uh, <laughs> he at, the, at craft service. You know, when we're all eating, and craft service is where you know, you know, on the set, the set food. That's where you gain tons of weight because yeah. there's just so much food there. He, and it's all like super like awesome food too it's it like really the best, is. yeah it really is. they take and care of everybody choices and you know he, they awesome. prepare a special thing for him and it's I, all i can say is it's the most vegetables i've ever seen on a plate but he really he's consuming a lot of vegetables well but that's good i mean they're empty calories though so that's that's good right. so i guess i guess that must be it because holy it's unbelievable <laughs> Well, I mean, when I do that, I, you know, I, I tend to do the same thing. If I'm going to get vegetables, and I really am not, I mean, now, granted, I'm not going as far to go down the path of just pure veggies, but uh, yeah. I'm a carnivore, damn it! I need some meat, well, some blood. Yes, I, you know, I did that for about six months. I was a, I was a vegetarian, and I had the worst. <laughs> I, I actually, everybody was raining. We, we won an award called the Genesis Award, which the Humane Society gives for shows, you know, an episode or something that that does something to promote animal rights or, or, you know, something in that vein. And we did a show that honestly kind of did, it did, it wasn't supposed to be doing that, but that ended up being uh, uh, something the show did. We did an episode called the bird, which is about Thanksgiving and a bird flying into the window. And, oh yeah. You know, we, okay. There was a whole thing about, you know, the mother-in-law killing it. You did put it out of its misery. And there was sort of a debate that ended up happening on Thanksgiving. And of course, then at the end, they all eat a giant Turkey, you know, <laughs> these questions and whatever. So I had to go, I went to the, that award ceremony and that award ceremony is the Humane Society. So it's all footage. Most of the things that win that award are hard hitting documentaries showing, you know, how they make foie gras and all these inhumane, horrible practices. And it felt like clockwork orange, you know, like I'm sitting there, you know, with my eyes uh, uh, peeled open and uh, just watching all this footage. And I left and we had a vegan dinner there and I left just going, I'm never eating animals. ever. <laughs> and so I didn't for a while and I slipped up a couple of times. And then it let's see, it, it was July 4th. And for July 4th, I said, you know what? July 4th, I'm having ribs. Cook out. Hell yeah. I'm going to just make a day. I don't care. I'm just going to do this. And then I'll be, you know, back on the wagon. Totally fine. So it's been three or four months and I've been really good. And we're having a lot of people over. We have these ribs, these incredible ribs. And I have one in my hand, like a Fred Flintstone, you know, giant (laughs) turkey, whatever. Sets on the car that tips it over. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm saying to my, my friend comes in and he's kind of picking at the stuff. And I said, Oh, have you had these ribs? They're unbelievable. Fall off the bone. Yeah, they're oh. incredible. Oh and then God. he goes, oh, I'm a vegetarian. And then I, with the rib in my hand, go, oh, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally just, you know, look like the biggest douchebag in the world. Oh, like, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> well, just say you're using the meat because it's a natural lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, don't, I, I refuse to comment on it. <laughs> Oh, by the way, is it still season two or is it like production wise at season two? But now it's TNT's calling it season three. Uh, I believe it's it's definitely still season two. And I believe they're still calling it season two because it's they just split it in two. And it's a whole, you know, mess schedule wise. But mm-hmm. 
But all I can say is that once we get through this season, hopefully we'll get renewed, and then the next time we're on, we'll have 12 episodes in a row, like a regular show, and not put people through this nonsense with the schedule. Yeah. But it's, sort of, it's, it's just sort of a necessary evil for mm-hmm. right now, uh, because we were on in the winter, and they wanted us to be on in the summer. And in order to transition, we sort of had to split up the season. Oh, okay. Well, I, I remember also, too, like, I, I remember there was a big talk that TNT was trying to be experimental, like how USA is, which is... Well, they... That's a, they, they do that with their other shows, just like, I guess, just like USA. And, you know, The Closer airs, whatever it is, 12 episodes in the summer, and then they air four more in the winter. Mm-hmm. And Leverage, I think, does the same thing. Our problem is we don't do enough episodes. They actually right. wanted us to do more episodes, but Ray and I, and you know, we just want to keep sort of quality control and doing 15 or 16 was just, it was hard enough to do 12 for us. Okay. Um, so it, unfortunately, what it does is it just makes people mad because there's, there's no, you know, they saw six and they went to like, what the hell is this? <laughs> there's no way, why don't you have more episodes? Well, you know. well, one of the things I really like that you've done with this last season is uh, Manfro, who, uh, if those, he was uh, Gianni in Everybody Loves Raymond, but uh, his character Manfro, he, uh, he is a, uh, he's a bookie. And right. Joe has a gambling problem, Ray Romano has a gambling problem. And one of the really things that to me was really interesting was how Joe really does like Manfro. Yes. And but the problem is he knows he has a gambling problem and Manfro he just generally wants to hang out with him but it, it brings up so you have this love hate at least I do I have a love hate relationship with Manfro like right. I want him to feel like he has friends like he does with Joe but at the same time I don't want Joe to go over the edge to gamble. Um, right. and then of course right. you you guys hit uh you know g- hit you with the gut with the whole that Manfro I, is it's cancer I believe right uh, right yes yes so and then Joe has to go over there out of pity and you, you feel bad because he he wants to bet with him but of course Manfro's right. like yeah you can't so yeah and as, will this be like a a, a continue see through for the rest of the season and will it end or is that I mean I know you might not want to spoil everything or anything in that regard but is well, that we definitely will uh, yeah no we're, we're going to see more of Manfro and see how that plays out and, you know he's in a Joe Joe's in a very tough spot because he has he, he certainly is friends with Manfro and there's pretty much nothing you can do to turn down a guy who has cancer you know as far as like hanging out with him he doesn't want to not hang out with him you know right yeah but at the same time he knows it's bad for him just by nature of what the guy does so that's a tension we thought was kind of interesting and yeah we'll see how that all plays out in the uh, in the summer well uh Oh, the other thing I, I really liked was, uh, and again, because again, I, I really like Owen, and I, I want to say this too about uh, Andre Bauer is that every role I've seen him in, he and this is, it's kind of sort of the roles he chooses. I don't know if it's a, a, a thing he does on purpose or, but his characters always tend to be, you know, sort of jerks. Uh, usually, <laughs> well, he's, usually he's in charge. He's very in charge, right? You know? And but yeah. usually he ends up being sort of antagonistic to the audience. I guess at least from the he, stuff he, I've seen I, him in. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I haven't seen everything that he's done. I, most of the time, he plays it as a very commanding figure. You know, I mean, Homicide. He was definitely a guy who yeah. would go into the interrogation room, and you know, he was he would get <laughs> the confession or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, he's really won me over with with the role that you guys, you know, how you're writing him and how he's coming, you know, how he's performing it, and and this season too. You know, you you guys make it out like well, in general television, it, it, he the big thing in season one was he won the war in, in terms of getting the dealership or getting his approval from dad. And then you're starting to see now that it's more like not really a major war won. It's really a smaller battle and the fact that his dad sort of maybe betrayed him. 
with how yeah. things are running at the dealership. And uh, will that continue through as well? Or will Owen, you know, do something really special to get out of that? Well, I mean, basically that story is, you know, careful what you wish for. And, you know, he always wanted to take over and thought his, his life would be that much better once he was the boss. And now he is the boss. And he's got way more problems than he ever anticipated, probably because of his father's, you know, uh, hiding of information because his mm-hmm. father's too proud to, you know, to level with him in the beginning. And he, I think his father sort of was laboring on under the illusion that he could get Owen up and running and then sort of, you know, ease, ease him into all the bad news. And instead, Owen, without, you know, just events took place and Owen sort of started doing stuff ahead of the schedule that his father thought was was happening. Right. So then he had to tell him, and it was a big punch in the face to him, obviously, as far as the dealership not, you know, being wildly in debt um, because of a bad move on, on Steve's part, part during the uh, the financial crisis. Well, so, yes, we will see how he's, that's a major albatross around his neck that we have to see how he is dealing with it. And, you know, it's one of those things where when you're that age, you know, he's 50 now mm-hmm. um, or 50-ish, you know, where, where you, you got to deal the hand, deal with the hand you've been dealt on some level. You yeah, can't, you just you know, can't start over. With three kids and a lot of responsibilities and you can't just go, out, oh, screw this, I'll get another job, you know. Right. He's got a lot to do. To take care of, and so it's a big challenge for him. And um, you know, there's definitely some really big things with all three guys. Honestly, there's really, I would say, in this summer, there's bigger things that happen with them than oh, wow. have happened yet. Wow, sort of leading to some big things. I know you. Uh, I don't know if this is just because uh, how Phil Rosenthal ran Raymond, but you you really like to do, or it seems like you guys like to use some stuff, a lot of stuff from real life. Which to me, you know, that I think that's because it's relatable. Everyone can watch sure. it and sort of relate that. Uh, I know Ray really loves golf, and I know Jet's a whole yeah. arc with Joe this season, and he's trying really hard to get back on, uh, trying to get into the circuit. I saw right. that episode. Right. <laughs> what, what was, I, I missed that. Yeah, you know, he's, he's like, I saw that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's more, there's more of that, and that's another thing as far as careful what you wish for, you know. Oh, um, oh Okay. He's got plenty. He's he's got a huge challenge on his hands, and I think that he, uh, you know, as we saw at the end of the last couple episodes of the winter, it's not as easy as just you know what I'm going to do it. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you got to really put your mind to it. And meanwhile, he is again a man of that age. He's got tons of responsibilities. You can't just go. I'm going to you know put everything to the side, and this is my dream. And you know, when you're 20, you can just go screw everything. I'm going to do the one thing I like to do. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, guys who are 50 can't do that. And so with all three of them, we're kind of dealing with that particular reality. You've got to juggle a lot of balls, and there's not, you know, life isn't necessarily a fairy tale where it's all going to work out. But at the same time, we see how they, you know, they're, they're good guys, and they deal with these challenges in, in ways that, you know, may not end up the way they thought it was going to end up. But, you know, I think... Uh, so, sorry, no, I was just going to say, what was the craziest thing that, that's happened in the writer's room that has been added into the show as a major story point or just even something that's just sort of comical even? Oh, I'm sure there's a good answer for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our writer's room isn't like, it's a normal, it's more like a comedy writer's room than it is a drama writer's room, I guess. Not that I've been in any drama writer's rooms, but mm-hmm. it's pretty, you know, whatever we're, it's, it's, it's a lot of trying to make each other laugh with the crudest stuff possible <laughs> um 
and I don't know what's oh, there's probably some there's got to be something I'm I'm forgetting about that somebody's going to tell me. But it's it's yeah, I can't think of anything offhand that was a, a you know. I will say that our show is Men of a Certain Age is a little it's a little less like everybody goes Raymond in terms of that was really coming into the room and and saying here's what happened here's a fight I had with my wife here's you know uh, the stuff that's going on in my with my family mm-hmm. and making hay out of that because it was very relatable we thought to a lot of people this show because there's three different characters in three, three different situations and it's more of a I mean it certainly is based a lot on people's lives and things that are happening with the specific people who are writing on the show, but we're also stealing <laughs> lots of facts from other people's lives and twisting them for our own purposes. And I think we have to go a little further afield, you know, than just, just our own uh, circumstance. Yeah. Well, now you're from New York. Um, and uh, if I remember from following your Twitter, you're a baseball fan, correct? I'm a hockey fan. You're a hot. I know. Yeah, I knew hockey. Okay. Yes. Baseball, okay, I could take or leave. But I'm from I'm from Syracuse, actually, originally. You're from, okay. Um, and yes, I I'm just got finished watching the San Jose about to melt down one more time to Detroit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm uh, 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 hockey mostly. Hockey mostly. That's cool. That's cool. Well, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets sort of just sucks. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Columbus, right? That's yeah, yeah, we're 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 based in we're based in Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, I used to play a club that wasn't even really a club, but I used to play someplace there. Was I it f- called Funny Bone? Maybe it wasn't because that would have been a legitimate club. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a place. Uh, there was a, a, a woman who booked a bunch of one nighters, and they ended up like I would end up in Columbus a couple of times. Oh wow. And I can't, you know, it was, I think it was in a hotel or something like that. Oh. But there was a lot of that stuff going on back oh. in the early 90s. Oh, geez. Well, hopefully the town beyond that uh, treated you rather nicely, though. What's the date again? Uh, well, hopefully, even though that the gig possibly sucked, uh, hopefully the town, you know, treated you nicely. Oh, it was, everybody was very nice, and the gig was actually very good. It was, it was oh. nice. It was oh. nice. Well, that's good. Is there anything else you, you would like to for us to plug on here uh, besides that Wednesday, June 1st, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central? Uh, Men of a Certain Age Returns? I would just like you to say that over and over. All right. Wednesday, June 1st, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Wednesday, June 1st, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Men of a Certain Age yeah. on TNT. I, you know, I will tell you. You know what I will say? It's on TNT also, for people who missed the first six episodes of this this half or whatever, mm-hmm. there's going to be a bunch of um, uh, repeats. Like, it's not really friendly to just sitting down in front of your television. They're going to be on late at night. But if you have a DVR, if you're... You know, just put men of a certain age into your DVR, and there's plenty of repeats coming up if you want to catch up with the first six episodes. If for some reason you miss those, the the second half of the season is actually it's it it was split pretty, I think, pretty well, so that you if you just if the first episode you see of the show is the first episode of the summer on June first, you mm-hmm. won't be lost or anything like that. But cool, and and also what I I've been sort of brushing up because again it, I've not really. Well, Grant, I I'm, I get home. I work weird late hours. Yeah, well, so I've been watching it online at TNT.com. Yes, yes it's online. T- the first four episodes right now are on at TNT.tv, um, TV. and they'll they'll eventually have all all of them on there. I think they sort of you know put them on and they take them off. They put them on, they take them off. Wasn't but, season um, on Netflix too? Season one was on Netflix at one point. One's on Netflix, um, or you can just buy the DVD. They're on. They're all on iTunes. Every episode's on iTunes, so you can always. 
pay a buck ninety nine and see whatever definitely uh, there. And yeah, coming up there's going to be some marathons like late at night. I think TBS, the sister station, is going to run a, like a six six in a row marathon at some point. Cool. Um, and that's all coming up in the next couple of weeks. And then yes, June first, June first, June first, June first, June first, Wednesday at ten p.m. nine p.m. Central. And uh, tell my mom. Yeah, I love the show. I, I I absolutely adore it. It's a great I show. Started, I just started the ones in the winter. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't realize where the show went because I was before I found out you were interviewing this guy. I couldn't remember where the shows went. I'm like where did the show go? Because I finally started to watch it and I liked it. Right. Because oh, I can good, relate. Good. I can relate to um, like Raymond's son, like coming out of his shell, actually going out mm-hmm. stuff like that. I related to that. And oh, good. Well, far, there's more stuff with him coming up in the summer too. And. You know, I, I think I think a lot of times people look at the show and they go, "What is that like? An hour of Viagra jokes?" And that, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, no, and especially because if Ray's in it, they figure it's going to be a, some kind of full-on you know comedy about getting old and now my you know my my balls dropped and all this other you know whatever. And a lot of whining, you know. It, 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 it takes a little while to change people's perceptions, but you know now I think people are starting to get used to uh, have seen the show and see that it's a whole lot different than maybe what they thought uh, or perceived it to be in the beginning. And damn it, we want a Peabody, so we were, you know, yeah. King Congratulations, yeah. by the way. I may be the only person who ever said we want a Peabody and we're king shits. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope that people, if for some reason they look at it and go, that looks lame, I hope that they'll check it out because I think they'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. Well, Mike, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, uh, again, Wednesday, June 1st, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central, Men of a Certain Age. Great. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And that was the interview with Mike Royce. Uh, again, June 1st, which is Wednesday at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central, and I believe every Wednesday uh, following Men of a Certain Age. Again, Wednesday, June 1st, 10 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. If uh, you really liked our interview, uh, tweet it, retweet it, whatever, or email us, goodbaggeeky at gmail.com, voicemail 614-364-4088. Also, what was your favorite superhero? Why? Or your super villain? Let us know. And also Twitter, Good Bad Geeky, John Batine, B E T T I N, or Giant Nate. There you uh, go. Anything else we want to say before we go? No. All right, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next oh, episode. Yes, yes. Real quick. Yeah. If you have a problem with what's going on in the NFL, I know this isn't a sports show, but it is kind of annoying. Okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll state your. State your problems. I have a lot. Even like the owners and CEOs are all just freaking pissed. Like Robert Kraft is just like fucking get over yourselves, quit just groveling, and let's get back. So I just it's just really funny. Like I don't really watch that much football, but I I this is just ridiculous. Yeah, this is gonna get edited out, right? It's not a football show, man. I know it's not. <laughs> Fine, bye. <laughs> Hey, don't forget to donate money to Nick's... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Donate money to really Relay really for football, Life. Football, football, football. It's going to be hard for you to edit now. <laughs> Do it again. He's going to edit anyway. Do it again. <laughs> don't forget to donate money to Nick's... Uh... It's a worthy cause. Yeah, Relay for Life. Relay cause. for Life. Yep. It really is. Thanks. And it goes to all cancers, not just one like I thought. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a good note to end on. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode. Good time to tell you, start up, cheapers!
Do have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what song is that?